today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's where David is going to be tested. Will he take matters into his own hand? Will he avenge himself? Or will he leave it in the hands of God? Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet We don't have to look too far to see examples of people taking situations into their own hands and getting even with others. The temptation to pay others back when they've wronged us is so strong and if we listen to the world we'll be justified in doing this. We'd do best to learn from David's example and leave the situation in God's hands. As Pastor David shows us in today's message, revenge will poison you. So leave it to God and repay evil with good. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. morning we go back to the life of David. God's working in David's heart, preparing him to sit on a throne, preparing him to be an example for generations to follow. David is going to be in the wilderness. Oftentimes the wilderness is associated with Testing, trial, temptation. It's God's furnace of development. Last week we looked at Jesus. After his baptism, the Spirit of God drove him into the wilderness. And there he was tempted. And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Three times the enemy came to him with temptation. In 1 Samuel chapter 24, chapter 25, and chapter 26, David will be tempted three times. There's a theme that runs through these temptations. There's a testing that is common to all of them. God's doing something in David's life. He is the master potter. Shaping the vessel. Romans, Paul the Apostle writes, Do not avenge yourselves, dear friends, but give place to God's wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's where... David is going to be tested. Will he take matters into his own hand? Will he avenge himself? Or will he leave it in the hands of God? Joseph Kennedy told his son, 
John Kennedy, don't get mad, just get even. Now, that seems to be the philosophy that many live by. That seems to be their attitude towards others. It comes out in different ways. Uh, People say, I've got my rights. No one is going to make a welcome mat out of me. I'm justified. I'm a fighter. I have it in my blood. I've done right. He's done wrong. I'm going to get even. I'm going to get him back. I'm going to get her back. They deserve it. David finds himself facing this temptation to avenge himself, to get back, to even out the score. Watch how he overcomes. Watch how God helps him. Because you too will face that same temptation. We live in a fallen world. Sin has impacted our hearts, our attitudes, our outlooks. It's impacted every facet of relationship. And we will have to resist the temptation to take things out of God's hands and work it out our own way. We will have to resist that temptation. We'll have to learn to yield to leave it in God's hands and simply step back and watch him keep the books. In the very first wilderness temptation that David faces, chapter 24 gives us the setting. Verses 2 to 3 reads, So Saul chose 300 elite troops from all Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul, now Saul's pursuing him, went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding farther back in that very cave. Picture the scene with me. Saul gets an elite group of soldiers, 3,000 in number. David has been hiding There's a lot of caves in those rocks. David finds a large cave. And 400 men fit into that cave. They're in the back. The call of nature comes for Saul. The desert sun is blinding and he walks into that dark cave. He can't see anything. And he crouches down, ready to do his business. They can't believe it. There's Saul, their enemy. Saul, that madman who killed the priest at Nob, that madman who's pursuing David without cause, without reason. God's delivered Saul right into their hands. They whisper, David, David, now's the chance. Take the sword. Sever his head from his body. Look at the temptation. Look at the text. Verse 4. Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. 
Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. What would you have done? I mean, David's men, his counselors, his friends are all telling him in unison the same thing. I mean, the circumstances, the council, all line up and say, David, we can see it now. You can walk out of this cave and you can be holding Saul's head in your hands and you could shout to the people, remember Goliath? Well, here's Saul. And we'll all be ushered into the kingdom. We don't have to run anymore. We don't have to be fugitives anymore. We don't have to live on the backside of the desert running from place to place to place. The circumstances seemed right. The friends were all in agreement. But when David lifted his sword and cut the bottom of the robe of Saul, he was so close he could hear Saul's heartbeat. He could hear him breathing. And he slipped back. Something happened inside. You know. You felt it. When suddenly... The Holy Spirit checks you on the inside and you feel that red light, that check, that heaviness where you know that you know that you cross the line. David had God's word too. The Bible says, touch not my anointed. David knew no matter what the crowd was saying, No matter all of the votes that were cast, David knew he couldn't do it. Watch his restraint. In verses 6 to 7, the Lord knows I shouldn't have done that to my Lord the king. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord the king and attack the Lord's anointed one. The Lord himself has chosen him. Now, what David has to do is he has to restrain his men. And the passages talk about David rebuking his men. And really, in the Hebrew, it says that he tore them up with his words. In other words, they had a heated, whispering discussion. David held them back because God held him back. Do you know why? David was going to leave the situation in God's hands. He wasn't going to take it in his hands. Who are you trusting to work out God's plan for your life? Who are you trusting to order the steps of your life? Is it some political system? Is it friends in high places? Is it abilities and skills? Listen to why David made the decision to leave it in God's hands. Listen to his prayer. Psalm 57, verses 1 to 3. When he had fled from Saul into the cave, have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God, 
who fulfills his purposes for me. Psalm 57. To God who fulfills his purposes for me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. Is your life in God's hands or your hands? You work for a company. And in that company, you have a a boss who sort of has done everything he possibly could do to undermine you. Everything he possibly could do to make you look bad. To keep you from rising to the next level. And suddenly... Across your desk comes some work that he's done. And you've noticed some serious mistakes. It could cost the company clients. It could cost him his job. But life for you would be much easier with him out of the way. There's no limits to what you could do. What do you do? you choose to do the right thing or the easy thing? The shortcut or the long, painful road that God has you on? David restrained his men because in his own heart, he was willing to walk the path that God had chosen for him, even if that path was going to be a long, difficult road. And it would be. He wasn't going to seize and take the throne. He wasn't going to run and take the shortcuts. What's the outcome of this? Well, it's real risky business what David does next. Saul leaves the cave. And Saul, as he's walking down the hill, hears David's voice. There's David bowing to the ground honoring him as the king, and then telling Saul everything, all of the facts. It is never, never easy to confront people who have wronged us. We tell our friends, we tell our neighbors, but we never tell them. It's risky business because Saul at that moment could turn around and say, guys, There's David, there's his 400 men, they're in the cave, let's smoke them out, let's destroy them, take the opportunity. So David risks the moment, his life, and says, Saul, I've done nothing to harm you, I could have taken your life. There were those around me who said, Plunge the sword into his heart. Sever his head from his body. It's your moment. I wouldn't touch you because you are the Lord's anointed. And suddenly something happens in Saul. He begins to cry. And he says something that you find earlier when God said to him through Samuel that you had failed. He said, God has chosen someone more righteous than you. Saul, and he says to David in that moment, David, you are more righteous than me. He realized in David his successor. Listen to verses 17 to 20. 
This is the outcome. And he, Saul, said to David, You are a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today. For when the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me, you didn't do it. Who else would let his enemy get away when he had him in his power? May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me. And now I realize that you are surely going to be king. And the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. At that moment, David refused to drink from the wells of revenge. Revenge will poison your soul. Had David plunged the sword, severed his head, had David taken an opportunity at that moment, the Psalms would have dried up. The song would have been lost in his soul. See, God had David on that potter's wheel and God was molding and shaping and making and preparing him. Uh, God was teaching David, I'll take care of you, David. Trust in me, even though you don't understand the path. Trust in me. Well, David successfully faced that temptation. But that temptation was going to come back again. And David, this time, didn't fare so well. In chapter 25, David goes into the wilderness and Nabal. He was like one of the owners of a Fortune 500 company. Things were prosperous. He was a wealthy businessman in that community. And David sends his men to protect Nabal's herders and flocks. And now it's shearing season. And in shearing season, you often rewarded people around you that were friends, that were helpful to you. It's a time of rejoicing and generosity. Chapter 25. I'm going to read verses 14 to 16. Meanwhile... One of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent messengers from the wilderness. Ten men had come that David had sent. And he says, whatever you feel like giving us, give us. We were there to protect you. And here's Nabal's servant who hears the whole conversation. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master. But he screamed insults at them. These men have been very good to us. And we never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. In fact, the day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and the sheep. Here David was treated scornfully. Nabal hurled insults at him. Now, Nabal wasn't trying to take David's life. But at this moment, David begins to falter. This temptation is very difficult for David. And there's a reason. And the reason is found in verse 1 of chapter 25. There had been a funeral. A trusted mentor. A great influence in David's life had just died. He was one of the great prayer warriors of the Old Testament. He was 
like a shield of prayer around David ever since the day that he anointed David as the new king and prophesied over him one day he would have the throne. He would pray for him and David received counsel for him. And now David uh, lost this mentor. David moves south geographically at this point, but he also moves south spiritually at this point. And he's still mourning the loss of a close friend. Look at the temptation, verse 21 of chapter 25. David had just been saying a lot of good it did to help this fellow. We protected his flocks in the wilderness. Nothing he owned was lost or stolen, but he has repaid me evil for good. You help that person get the job. You help them with their resume. You help them get into the office. And now they've turned against you. A knife in your back is how they've repaid you. You were the one. When they were down, you lifted them up. And when they didn't even know it, you gave them some money and helped them along the way. You were the person who saw that they were a loner. And you brought them into the crowd. You helped them connect with some friends. And now they snub you. They won't even talk to you. They look the other way when you come. How do you respond? What do you do? The call came. She was so distraught. She was from another church. And between the sobs, she told me the story. She said, my husband and I have been having real difficulties in our marriage. And she said, I was just at home so discouraged. And the repairmen came to work on the furnace in the home. And the air conditioning unit. And she said, I fell into adultery. I hadn't planned it, hadn't thought about it. But in that moment of weakness, for the first time in my life, I ever got involved with someone who wasn't my husband. And she said, the weight and the guilt of that was so great. I went and I told my very best friend in church. And when I told her, And unburdened my heart. I felt better for the moment. But what happened was, she went to church and told everyone in the church. It went like wildfire in our large congregation. I was so embarrassed to walk in that church. I didn't know if I'd ever go back to church again. Now she had enough dirt on her friend that she could have thrown back a lot of mud. Because her friend wasn't innocent either. And her marriage was on the rocks as well. But she didn't. She wouldn't. What would have you done? How would you have responded? How do you respond? When you've acted in a noble way, a kind way, a generous way, and you've done the right thing, and you simply helped hurting brother or sister 
and they've repaid evil for good. The more we learn of David's story, the more we see how God can use an imperfect person to do incredible things. God can and wants to use you too. Did you know that God has a special and exciting plan for your life? He has designed you to fit that plan exactly and will give you the strength you need for every task. All you need to do is seek Him for guidance and lean on Him for your source of power. Pastor Ed will continue teaching about the life of David on the next edition of Building in Faith. But you can find more messages right now by visiting our radio website, buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to visit our church homepage as well by clicking on Back to the Homepage. There, you'll be greeted by a daily scripture and some exciting events coming up for us here at Faith Assembly. We know how important finding a church home is to the Christian walk. And if you've not yet found that for your own life, why not join us? We'd be honored to meet you and share a time of worship and Bible study with you. We gather together each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Location information and directions are on our website. That address again is buildinginfaithradio.com. As our time with you comes to a close, we'd like to say thank you for joining us today. We pray your day is blessed by God and that you continue to seek Him in your personal journey of faith. Pastor Ed will have more to share from the Word of God on the next edition of Building in Faith. Your word